What up, my fellow Survivor lovers? Welcome to the Survivor Historian, part of the Challenge Historian podcast feed. I am your host, Jacob Hullabaugh, born-again Survivor super fan, and joining me as he does every week to cover this wonderful, amazing so far season of Survivor 45 is the wonderful and great Tony Lance. Tony, how are you doing, my friend? Not too bad. I also have a feline friend with me, so any purring or other such noises, uh, although I was very excited about the episode, they are not my own. Uh, they are mozzies. She is here until she's gone. <laughs> I love that. I forget which show was it that, oh no, I was I was thinking it was either Challenger Survivor, and I was like, no, it's the third show that I watch. I also, uh, Loki, there was a, uh, no spoilers here, but there was a funny <laughs> squeal that was made and commented on in a recent episode of Loki from a character. And uh, so I, for some reason I thought that happened in challenger survivor and that made me think of it. Not important to what we're here to talk about at all, but welcome Mozzie, the unofficial third co-host. Uh, if you do have any thoughts, feel free to share the feline perspective. We'll take it. It is a Friday night. We are here. We are Friday is officially the sec the first to get two time recorded on. We were go. spread across five different days prior to this, but Friday is the the leader in the clubhouse right now with two <laughs> recordings. So we're here, Survivor forty five episode number six, the not the merge episode, the transition yeah. episode. Wonderful, amazing things to get to, plenty to get to. We will in just one moment. Quick programming reminders. We are now in the thick of BFANK over on Challenge World Battle for a New Champion. My episode two recap went up yesterday morning. Apologies again for the first couple of weeks coinciding with Wednesday night concerts, which is very, very random and strange in my household, but did happen. So those for the next few weeks and for the rest of the season, hopefully, fingers crossed, will be out Wednesday night. Tony, you are recording your episode two challenge recap later this evening. Is that correct? Yes. I had to think about what episode it was. Yeah. Episode two <laughs> the uh, later one. this evening. Yeah. Awesome. So if you're listening to this, that might also be up. And if it's not, it will be within uh, the a short time frame. I am sure. Other than that, uh, that's what I've got going on is we're just, you know, for the rest of the calendar year, I would assume it's going to be Survivor 45 until it's done. It's going to be BFANK until it's done. Tony, anything other than covering that, uh, the challenge coming, challenge fandom wise, any big upcoming interviews or anything worth shouting out? Not that I can think of. Um, we're kind of, yeah, we're kind of just like straight on with 39. I think, <clears throat> yeah. We, we've kind of, we hit a point where we're good. We've got like enough recaps to keep us occupied. Um, so I'm sure there might be like an interview popping up here and there, but for the most part, we are, we're straight recap. I mean, I don't, the way that it's going, I don't even think we're going to be able to do like a round table anytime soon because we'll probably get overlap on 39 and then maybe all stars four. I don't know. Well, Who we'll knows? they haven't announced that they're leaving for filming anytime soon, but it's the holidays. And so if we get to week one of January and they're leaving to film USA three, and that's going to come out before all stars Four. who knows, but those are for another <laughs> podcast. Today is survivor 45 agenda will remain the same as it has the first five episodes of this podcast experience. We're going to walk through the episode, hit anything worth talking about. We'll probably do so for a very long time because getting these down to an hour was a pipe dream originally. And we probably will never do it. Who knows? Maybe we will. Maybe there'll be a boring episode and there won't be much to talk about. Fingers crossed there's not, but uh, this one was far from it. So a lot to get through. Then we'll do some awards, power rankings, 
and wishes and predictions at the end. Tony, are you ready? Let's do this. All right, let's get to it. So the episode, we will quickly touch on the the one day kind of little bit we get before the actual merge situation happens, which is with Lulu, Nulu tribe on day 12. And it is a last, last ditch effort by Bruce, by everyone, but it then turns into Bruce into getting an idol. Everyone is off looking. Caleb has now filled in, I guess he doesn't like directly say it, but it's clear. The context clues are clear. He has filled in everyone about Sabaya having had the idol and left with an idol. Now we had seen him tell Kelly this and use that bit of info to kind of bring her in. It seems everyone knows this now he's saying this is where the idol was before trying to look for it. It's a big scramble. They eventually Bruce casually does find it in the tree that had the snake in it. Um, I, for one was, I wish Jake would have found it. I think, I don't know, maybe it's the most interesting that Bruce found it, but I I just like Jake. I'm liking Jake so much more. I wish he would have found it as he was looking in that tree. Bruce finds it. It's a beware advantage. It is an easy beware advantage to say the least. Uh, let's actually start with that. Do you, I, I know it was probably placed there within their knowledge. They know like, there's 24 hours or whatever for them to find this right. and get this done. So it can't be the, the huge, huge project that the others are, but dig under your shelter for like for three seconds seems not, not like an equal, beware advantage compared no, to what everyone else I mean, has to do. Here's the thing. Their shelter is set up perfectly for there's an idol under your shelter because from the very beginning, Lulu has sort of had this like empty spot in the middle and then two sides of the shelter. So the empty spots in the middle of the shelter and there's only like five people there. So it's not hard, especially if you find the clue with four of the five people like he. Yeah, I, it annoyed me that it was so easy. Um, I did listen to the on fire episode. Um, Something in it really annoyed me and I'll touch on it later. Uh, But for the most part, the thing that was interesting was there's apparently fine print at the very bottom of these clues that basically says like when you are in a situation where you are no longer able to complete this task, then the idol becomes dead and your vote is restored. So because oh. the question became like if bruce if they leave and bruce doesn't find that does he then not have a vote but because it was specifically on lulu beach and there's no way for them to return to lulu beach to get the idol if he wouldn't have found the idol before he left the idol would be considered dead his vote would be restored um uh, i don't know if i like that we don't know not that we don't know that but that they they like do the confessionals with bruce and they they insinuate otherwise they insinuate yeah. like he they have him say like this, this vote's here i've got like 10 minutes to find this thing or i am yeah. screwed without a vote so i don't love that they i get why they would do it it's more interesting television than right. like hey if you find the idol cool but like if i don't it's all good so i guess i'll just get on the boat i guess i know that that's you know way less boring um or more boring excuse me but yeah i don't love that but he does find the idol they're hiding it from Katura the whole time, of course, because our rivals at this point. And he pulls off that 
uh, with some assistance, Jake helps him out with the little fake. I lost my ring, which, which was good. Um, some decent acting, like smart, it's better than smart gameplay move, like yeah. a nice way to like help out the group and everything. And I don't know this this crew is not. I, I'm not having this cast of Survivor 45 put on uh, a play at my local theater. I'll say that <laughs> I have this add this to the list of acting that I did not buy on this season of Survivor. But I don't even know if Katura noticed it or was like even no. around for well, it. So props to him actually removing one of the rings though. Yeah. To then say that he lost it. Because in there is probably a world where somebody would be like, "Oh, I lost my thing," and they're like, "It's on around your neck." You like, lost oh, I found buff. it. It's the one on your head. Yeah. That, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I found it. Okay. Found it. Thanks. Got yeah. it. Um, so yeah, he gets a he gets an idol last second. Uh, it's it's pretty easy, and then he hops on the boat. They all hop on the boats, and the boats take them to Reba, uh, original OG Reba Beach to all be together. And so we get into day 12 and 13, the group hanging out, all getting to know each other for the first time. Was there anything about the initial kind of greetings or meet re-meet backups with your old tribe members? Any, any of the interactions that stood out to you that uh, you were either surprised by or happy to see, or just you think were kind of interesting for how the game is about to unfold? I mean, I was the thing that I was looking for the most was the reconnection of Caleb and Emily, and they really didn't show it. Um, we got Austin and Drew, and like everybody on the beach being stoked that Austin and Drew are still there, because really that means Reba's the only full team. But other than that, like every, I suppose that like most people would be looking for Caleb and Emily reconnecting, and they sort of, they kind of showed it, but not really at all. They basically just had the voiceover and then had clips of them both looking off camera, but never actually showed them meeting up, which leads me to believe that they were like super covert about it and didn't really link up there and waited until their little walk through the woods. Yeah, we do see the one walk through the woods with them. And I'm glad you pointed this out. Uh, we'll, we'll come back much later at the end of this episode to those two's relationship and how I'm because I'm pro Emily, I'm reading it as really what I will eventually say is really good gameplay <laughs> by her, but is very, their relationship is definitely the most interesting to me of, of everyone that's left and got more interesting by the end of the episode in a big way that stood out. To, that was kind of obvious. It felt like all the obvious interactions happened and everyone kind of, there wasn't anyone that didn't revert back to their original plan. Uh, it is weird again in the condensed game i get it just feels like all this happens really fast that like oh yeah. we like really quickly got to a tribe swap and i was excited about it but then we only got two tribals and two episodes and now we're on the merge and everything so it just feels fast and like not much set in to sway anyone from kind of being with their original people we see reba line up and you know they all Sifu and Jay have some trepidations, but they kind of feel like they're part of a six and the other four, like this is the four that's going to run the game. Yeah. Emily and Caleb are back together. The Bellow tribe is together, but equally kind of know it knows that they're not very strong the Kendra's same way back. they originally left. Yeah. Kendra's <laughs> kind of like, maybe we are, or maybe the girls are. And Kelly's like, no, we're not. <laughs> I never really was, but we're not. And Katura is definitely like, if y'all are with Bruce, I ain't with you. Yeah. Um, so nothing's really changed there. They don't, I'm forgetting cause we didn't, we haven't spent that much time at the Reba beach really through the first five episodes, but 
it seems like, cause then it's a big rainstorm. Sifu loves it. Um, Sifu is growing on me now. I'm getting a little <laughs> used now to, to what to expect from Sifu. And I'm kind of starting to like it more and more. Um, but they all kind of hate the rain. But the thing that stuck out to me about the rain was it seems like they don't really have much of a shelter. No. Did you pick up on this? Like, I didn't like, yeah. they didn't all go like, they're all just like walking around in the rain. I know Bruce is like telling them and they all have to work and everything, which is just ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, um, I know it's an edit, but like perceived immediately. <laughs> yeah. Reg- it still happened that day, but yeah. my more, my question wasn't in that moment. That was the first moment I actually thought of like, wait a minute. It is one thing that Bruce is like telling them to get to work. That's funny and interesting and yeah. Bruce, but also get to work on what I thought this was the tribe that had like won a bunch of stuff through the first fight. Like they don't have, I guess I never hadn't picked up on like they don't have like a nice shelter of well, not even a nice one, like a shelter built really. They also have to expand their shelter from five to thirteen. That's fair. I had not considered <laughs> the fact that yes, it is two and a half times bigger. Um they probably did have room for five people. Now yeah, yeah I had probably comfortably. Well, you know, it's Survivor. You come, you know, in the game, especially by day 13, like, I'm sorry, you gotta, you gotta cuddle. You gotta cuddle yep. with people you don't want to cuddle with. You never would imagine cuddling with, but like, I, do I want to cuddle with Sifu? I don't know how that's going to go. I, I don't know what, but I'm going to do it. It seemed that that would be warm in that rain. It's it would true. be warm to hug Sifu. Okay. So he may uh, play bongos yeah. on your backside, but he'll keep you warm. That Yeah. Okay. Wow. I feel really dumb for not considering like, well, yeah, they made a six person shelter and now there's 13. That makes so much sense. That's why you're here, Tony, to help the uneducated go. like myself. That is why um, I am the survivor historian. Uh, I can make simple addition happen. Yes. Uh, and I cannot, uh, you don't need, you don't need to do math to know challenge stuff. That's true. Um, not often, usually. Um, the, the most interesting thing I feel like pre-immunity challenge of the first day or so on the beach is there's two standout polar opposites. There's Caleb, who is a part of every discussion and is doing Caleb again. It's an edit, but like <laughs> he's making it easy for them to edit the whole like Caleb, the salesman storyline. It's pretty yeah. easy. He's charming it up, hamming it up with everyone. And Bruce is off. Yes, no one is talking to him, but also every time he complains about no one talking to him, he's like standing way down the beach, like picking palm fronds or something. And I'm like, well, dude, did is your only offer like, hey, come work with me way down the beach and have a conversation? Because I'm not going to say yes either. I'm going to be like, I don't know. Caleb seems to be having a lot of fun. I'm going to stay around camp and not work so, that hard. Um, I, so those are the I, standouts. I picked up something on that too. Um, also, I will say one of the things that I liked the best was – Emily felt the need to apologize to Bruce, clear the air, but First also thing, was when the initial right out of the gate. Yeah. Yeah. But then when they actually spoke, she in her confessional was like, cleared the air, whatever. But that does not mean that I have to work with him. And I like that because sometimes you will get stuck in this like pleasantry paradox where I've apologized to this person. I've had this conversation. So now I have to work with them. And she didn't feel that at all. But as far as bruce saying that like no one was talking to him i get that i get the feeling um i understand the concept of a pepariah but what i don't understand is how he can continually say to three different people that no one is talking to him when they have all come to the exact place where he is and he's having a conversation with them which means that at least three people came to that exact spot 
where he was, where no one was talking to him and spoke to him. Including the two of the three people. Well, one who is definitely actively working against him and one who eventually will work against him because he is working against them. Like, Katura comes and talks to you, Bruce. Don't tell me no one comes and talks to you. The woman that hates you and finally got (laughs) into a merge where she doesn't have to talk to you came and checked in on you, okay? Kelly checked in on you. She has no interest in being your number one that you think, but she checked in. And Caleb, the guy you're getting all mad at, checked in with you too. He didn't leave you out of it. Separately. Yeah, so... like. I get it. Like, I understand the people that he wanted to speak to did not approach him. But, and he had that conversation with Caleb at the water well. But when he was, like, on the beach, like, way the hell down there, there were three separate people, at least, that came and spoke to him during the period of time that no one was speaking to him. Yeah. And I guess Kendra was as well, because she's, he said that she was, he was being a pariah. Or it felt like a pariah. And then she said, what's a pepariah? And that was my favorite, one of my favorite lines of the night. Not even because, like, not a slight against Kendra or anything like that. Just the fact that he says one thing and she absolutely hears another will always be funny to me, no matter the situation. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of Kendra, she was the other standout early in the episode. Her... I know she says over and over you know, how hungry she is. And I, I, I don't understand because I haven't been through that level of hunger. Thankfully, yeah. fingers crossed, I, I won't unless I am also playing Survivor. But uh, I like get that she's really hungry and I get that she's like an emotive person to begin with. But she is emoting like crazy the beginning of the episode. Like yeah. her, she just has her facial expressions are I don't know. I feel like she can make her eyes and smile just like bigger like a superpower like her face suddenly like the screen expands and then it goes back and i'm like oh wait what happened there but (laughs) she she had some wild facial expressions she got very excited about the fish when it showed up um did some mild twerking potentially even about over the fish uh which was interesting (laughs) um so she was definitely very present in the beginning too but caleb is everyone's best friend but they all noticed that bruce is on the outs and doesn't like it the last thing I'll say about that, it does, does it feel a little to you like maybe is Bruce, Bruce is a very social person himself. Clearly mm-hmm. we have seen that it is, yep. you know, the reason Katura hates him because um, <laughs> he tries too hard to be the social person that everyone likes and everything. Yeah. Is is there a little jealousy here? Is Bruce so. like, wait a minute. I tried to be the social butterfly, the fun guy, the charming guy. And some of the people in my little tribe didn't like it. Now we're all on this beach and this one guy is like charming the pants off everyone and they don't want to come talk to me and work. I feel like there's a little bit of like, I kind of want everyone to work and do that. But I also kind of want to be Caleb's spot of everyone liking me and being able to charm everyone. And now I'm like, actually uncle Bruce, I've told everyone to call me uncle Bruce, but now I'm like, actually uncle Bruce. He's like, Oh, he's down on the beach working. We don't care about him. And who cares? We're here with the new fun young guy or whatever. I feel like there's a little bit of that in there. I feel like there is too, especially where like he's being so, like Bruce is being so intentional with like what he's saying about Caleb, yeah. about how he's being the social butterfly and he's bouncing around to every person and he's having all of those important conversations. And then the contrast is the perception that no one is coming to talk to Bruce. Yeah. So I feel like that's where it's coming from. And I get it like totally valid. You're on a tribe of 13 people and there's somebody that you were working with like hours before when you were on your own beach and now you're not like 
you're not having those conversations. You're not getting those check-ins that you were when there were only five. So I get it. I don't necessarily agree with the, like, you shouldn't talk to people. And if you're Bellow strong, you need to only talk to Bellow. Like, that's a bit of an extreme. That's borderline, like, Boston Rob, everybody has to go with a buddy. Nobody can be out of my sight. Yeah. And it doesn't always play well. Yeah, you can't. He literally says at one point uh, to Katura, whoever, like, we don't talk to them. We don't work with them. We don't do anything. I'm like, well, that's you only get to vote one person out every two days or whatever, Bruce. Like, you yeah. can't you can't actually just sit on the beach with in a group that has more people than you and be like, we're going to be over here. We're not going to talk or interact with you because we're going to vote all of you off. It doesn't it's not quite that simple, but uh, that's that for that. Um, that made sense. We will head now to the immunity challenge. We get to immunity. We walk in, we see two things, uh, two courses set up. So we know right away uh, what we kind of knew from the next week on when we saw the two courses set up. We are not at Emerge. We are in limbo, as Jeff calls it. And this is our classic in limbo challenge. Draw for spots. One person, you know, there's 13. So one person isn't on a team. They got to bet on a team and sit out and we play for safety and food and buffs. And the other half has to go to tribal council vulnerable for the night. Do you like in general, the limbo challenge and the idea of like, we go to the beach, but there's a, there's a transitory uh, step here before everyone is actually in and merged and all vulnerable and all playing an individual game. No at all i don't like it i actively hate it in its stead would you prefer you want this to just still happen at the same time but immediately be here's your buffs as an individual challenge or do you want it to be a little longer of tribes no i want like if you're going to merge merge because here's the thing especially with with a 90 minute episode and especially with this 90 minute episode you have the first half of this entire episode where people are interacting with different people from different tribes you're getting names thrown out you're getting different like side alliances being built that's enough right there to warrant a merge because even if everybody gets a buff and then one person is immune that still makes very interesting television to me Mm -hmm. especially with this group of people and with the first half of the episode that we got because you've got Bruce who's not jiving with Caleb anymore. You've got Katura who's going after Bruce. You've got Emily who doesn't really want to work with Bruce. And then you've got Reba who's kind of throwing Jay's name out there, but not fully at this point. So there's so many possibilities that are rifling through that really we don't need half of the people are safe by way of a rock draw. Mm-hmm. Like if you're going to make half of the people safe, I would rather that you do what's probably going to happen next week where everybody participates in an individual challenge. And then if you want to have two people immune, fine, like have two people win for the first like couple, but like everybody gets the merge, everybody gets the merge feast because you've made it to the halfway point. But as it stands right now, you do a rock draw you're split up into, in this case, two groups of six and one group by fluke, by being put in that group, they're going to win. They're going to be immune and they're going to get a merge feast, which means that they're going to be better 
satiated, like they're going to be in higher spirits for the next challenge, which in a shorter game is going to be like within a day or two. So it's not even enough for that to kind of burn off as far as like that motivation. So I wouldn't be surprised if you see somebody from the merge feast go on to win the individual immunity. Mm -hmm. The flip side is like, you've got, if you look at the breakdown, some of the bigger players are all on one team. And it's like your Caleb's, your Jake's, your Kelly's, your Emily's, like the group that lost, you very easily could have lost some of your biggest players in the game by a way of a rock draw that could have made for a much less interesting back half of the season rather than just make everybody able to be like play individual immunity. Everybody gets a buff. Everybody gets a feast because like Sifu said, I think it was Sifu. Everybody's like dropped their, dropped their walls. They're having their food. They're kind of like talking to everybody. Everybody wants to socialize. That's fine in a group of seven. It's even better in a group of 13 because then you have so many more conversations going on. And I think it was Julie. She flat out said like, there's seven of us, there's six of them. We can just decide at this feast who we're taking out from the six. And those six can't do anything, which means that half of the people that are playing lost immunity, lost a feast and have absolutely no way to do anything in this game they can just get picked off we could have lost kelly because she doesn't and she maybe she doesn't play her shot in the dark because she thinks she's safe you lose your winner pick or i lose my winner pick in d like just by way of the seven of them being like no thanks yeah so that's my soapbox i i agree in part with you the main thing there is is just that like it does one of the things that some pro survivor anti-challenge people would say is like the fairness of the games or the kind of, you know, a thing that has been in the modern, you know, new era of survivor, all of the twists and stuff and the advantages and idols yeah. being like too much is like a common criticism and everything. That's certainly a big criticism in the world of the challenge. And this is the type of thing where it's like, your decision of like the format of the game and changes in the format are impacting people's outsized impact on like advantage disadvantage within the game. And that yeah. is kind of something that I feel like survivor tries to avoid. And so they're like, you know, really stepping in it in that realm of like, this is a massive advantage for the team that wins this and a really big disadvantage for the team that loses. I, I still, I'm, I'm more certain, more okay with it than you. The part though that I'm fully with you on is it is they, there should not be a person that has to sit out. That is the spot that is super unfair because that's one person who out of 13 has to have the target of like having picked a side and yeah. saying like, I think they, this random group of people is going to be like better, whatever, which it sucks. It only, if you're the only person that has to say that, that has to like, make a comment of some kind on everyone's ability. And right. then, you know, if you were to lose on the, be on the losing side, you like didn't participate. Um, and if you're on the winning side, you also, you didn't participate. So like you didn't earn it or whatever. Like it's just a really unfair it, spot to put only one out of 13 people in and put that kind of like, kind of 
uh, tar not it's really it's not a, it doesn't have to be perceived as target, but potential target or just making one person an outlier in some way is yep. really kind of an unfair spot to put someone in. It it doesn't seem to have uh, hurt Katura in any way in because this episode, but yeah, because, because they, they won. won. If but you lose, you're, like say you're you screwed. yeah say you pick the losing like you pick the tribe that loses right. So you go back and you're just like, well, I picked you guys and y'all shit the bed. Yeah. And now I'm stuck with you. Or like there's there's like it's a no it's a no win scenario because like you said it didn't hurt her but she could have been perceived as you didn't actively participate in this challenge so yeah you're here but like you didn't win your spot you guessed your spot and and I'm not saying that because I mean like she played within the confines of the game and I can't fault yeah. her for it. Um, she got the like, worst spot. She got the worst position to be in. She did something with it, but it yeah. is it draws attention to you and it's 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 a ridiculous reason, but in these games and in survivor, especially you're kind of at any given point, just like looking for a reason to like mm -hmm. vote for someone. Like you don't necessarily ever have like a really good one outside yeah. of like, if someone has voted for you or something, but otherwise you're pulling at straws of like, well, shit, like we don't know who to, you know, she would have been on that losing side. And they're all like, we don't know who to say with the people we kind of wanted to say are over on the winning side. And it's like, I don't know we can at least have a, a reason as bullshit as it might be to say Katura. Cause yep. like, well, you didn't participate. So like yep. I'm grasping at straws that that straw at least exists to grasp at. So I don't like that aspect of it. I'm mostly okay with it, but like you said, it is, it is just more fun of like, make this episode, make it the shortest individual immunity possible that takes up like five minutes of airtime yep. because a 13 person scramble is really interesting it, on the day that they've all come together and met and everything. So I want to see the that. first time. Yeah. I want to see that. Yeah. Um, my, my only other real main question about the challenge that I thought was like, fine, everyone more or less does. Okay. The one tribe just like consistently does a little tiny bit better and builds up a lead yeah. and doesn't mess up the puzzle. Uh, the cargo net doesn't seem safe to me. I'm just going to say that the rundown, the, the the one going down, the one that's like yeah. bouncy and is like, there's no way to kind of slide. Like you're going to bounce in there. Thank God no one like ends up flipping because it seems right. like it would very be inclined to like the first bounce. You'd be like, wait a minute. Why am I now going head over heels or whatever? We do see Jake seems to like maybe twist Ooh. his ankle and then yeah. Kelly like scrunches her back really hard. And I'm like, dude, I'm growing pretty protective of Kelly over here. Okay. I really <laughs> like that woman. What the fuck, Jeff? What, what is this? Don't, don't hurt my girl over there. Um, or Jake for that matter, or anyone, yeah. but, uh, I, I just, you know, uh, again, as a show that is very well, is so impeccably produced. I was just like, that thing doesn't seem safe at all. Like that little straw dust or whatever you put at the bottom, like, cool. I'm not worried about the landing. I'm worried about flipping and falling off it and breaking ankles and stuff. Um, yeah. that was the most noteworthy thing about the actual challenge to me. <laughs> um, yeah, there, I mean, I honestly, I wrote that. Katura draws the no color rock, picks winning team. Um, and then I wrote, Red makes up some ground, but they finished the second puzzle as... Yeah, but Blue finished the second puzzle as Red finished the first one. And that was it. That's all I wrote. Because there was there, they were pretty much neck and neck. They just... They were slightly behind. Mm -hmm. And they didn't become not slightly behind. Yeah, and... I mean, the only one, and again, it's kind of, it's edited in a way where you're not even totally confident. Like Jay 
took a little while to get through the mud rope thing. Maybe. Maybe. Um, The only other thing I will point out, Caleb, someone beat Caleb at something. Sifu and Caleb were the first two people to go, and Sifu got through the mud rope net first. So uh, while he never says anything later in the episode, uh, when everyone's talking about how big of a threat Caleb is, I feel like Sifu is the only person there can be like, what are you talking about? I got that guy. No problem. I beat him. You don't want to say that, though. Then you're the threat. Well, yeah, of course. You're not going to say that. He he gets slightly ahead of Caleb in the one thing. He's definitely the bigger threat. (laughs) <laughs> he's like hey in that one 15 second competition you beat Caleb by a second so you're officially uh Michael Jordan around here we can't have you <laughs> we need you to go home and Caleb to go home next uh yeah so that's the immunity challenge let's move on to the ensuing scramble before the scramble we head straight to the sanctuary where all good things happen as Jeff yes. says I would like to think some good things happen outside of the sanctuary on survivor beaches but Me I too. understand what he's saying you know the best things happened there or the food things happen there um first comment they def- they all seem to have alcohol there is wine and beer available and they all seem yes. to at least have some it's not like any you know we don't see anyone like you know, refilling a glass or anything like that. But I'm always just like, don't have the alcohol. Just don't do it. It's a bad idea. And Sifu, although it only, it seems like it's the only one he had. So probably no harm done, but he does straight up chug his beer. Or I assume it's a beer. I don't know. Maybe it could have been a Coke or a root beer, but it, it looks to be a beer. Um, I, are you on, on the same uh, thought pattern as me as I'm, I'm avoiding a lot of the different food and drink potentially offered, but sp- very specifically, the, I'm not putting alcohol in my system in that scenario. Uh, it is poison. Yeah. I do drink plenty of it. I'm drinking some of it right now. I don't, you know, but I do know it's poison. And in a situation when you're starved on a beach, putting poison in your body seems like not the way to feel good for a while. Yeah, I mean, um, I think Rick Devins actually talked about it on this episode as well, based on the like the sanctuary feast and said like, in your mind, you totally know, like, you're not supposed to eat half of the stuff that's on that table. But when you haven't eaten for 13 days, like, you're not paying attention to that. You're like, you're shoveling it, it in. Yeah. yeah. And I get that. But, like, I the one that I always think of is the um, when they they win for reward, like, coffee and, and like, oh sweets and stuff. Caffeine, no. I want nothing to do with that one. Like, I'm lactose intolerant, and I know what coffee does to your system. But even if it didn't. I don't want that like that to me and i know that i'm like i'm more of a savory person than a sweet person to begin with i don't want sweets i don't want the danishes and the cookies and the coffee that no that is a recipe for disaster on like an empty stomach i know what it's like if you wake up in the morning and eat something sweet before you like have a base level there yeah on a regular poor diet that i already have that i'm doing (laughs) things all day long yeah yeah i just uh, but uh, you're totally right. I mean, I'd say all this and it would be if I was ever on Survivor, I would go in so focused on I want to get to a reward and I want to prove to myself that I cannot eat some of the things that I know rationally outside of the game. You probably shouldn't. And I would all I would be like, seafood, do you want to chug the next beer? Because there's two more left. Let's do it, dude. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> it would be bad. Speaking of seafood, he offers someone has to do it. Someone has to, you know, they're obviously going to talk about the game. And yep. Sifu gets right to it, says, should we talk about the game? And everyone says, we should. You should go. You should say a name. And he's like, funny, you should ask. I've got a name. It's Jay. How about Jay? Everyone on board. He offers her up right away. Um, the, uh, there's a mostly positive response to that offer. 
And then there's a little bit of pushback or just like a, should we talk about anyone else? And Kendra and Bruce go hard on Caleb. So we've got Sifu hard on Jay, Kendra and Bruce hard on Caleb. Everyone pretty much in lockstep of like, those are two good options, whether we yeah. fall more on one side or the other. Yeah. I, thank you, Mozzie. Um, I, she's now drinking my water. I, I'm kind of annoyed at Kendra more than Bruce because Bruce, like you already knew this was coming. Kendra's never worked with Caleb. She's never been on a beach with Caleb. She's never interacted with Caleb beyond like this morning. No. Yeah. Cause she was not on the tribe that he stole from. So she didn't have that experience. That was Reba. I guess um, she would have been at his beach in the part of the twist that we didn't see where she went to the camp for the day. Yeah. So she actually has, she spent a day in a tribal yeah. with him, but like, which was I, the first tribal, which was where, um, Emily was full throated. Caleb and Sabaya have to get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it, when it was made kind of no sense, it was, <laughs> you know, it was, <laughs> that interesting situation episode one yeah. so yes that is a, i'm glad you remembered that because i have totally forgotten because they don't well, want us to know that it happened um so she, she does have that know. she has she in doesn't her head. know yeah like bello she was not with her tribe the rest of her tribe other than brando was with caleb on the beach yeah. potentially bonding with caleb and working with caleb and then or potentially replacing her in the in right. the alliance exactly but then she throws it out when it, it i believe she was the first one to throw it out which means that she didn't even potentially check in with bruce and katura of like hey are we working with caleb like what's the deal on your beach she was like that caleb he's a real asshole we should probably <laughs> we should probably get rid of him and it was just weird because like you would anticipate and I don't know, Bruce could have said something to her because like Bruce was fairly quick on, yeah, he needs to go. He's playing real hard. But to me, it seemed strange that Kayla, that Kendra was the one to put it forward simply because she was the only one remaining from Bello that hadn't actually interacted with him and potentially didn't know how close all of the Bello members were. So that speaking up and being vocal about it could really have like hurt her alliance inadvertently. That's very true. I'm guessing I'm giving the benefit of the doubt that, you know, we don't see every conversation. So maybe oh yeah, she was aware that Bruce felt similar and I don't know, Bruce was, Bruce did make her, we did see her Bruce tell her about like, no one's talking to me. Everyone's talking to Caleb. So she, yeah, I think at least knew, you know, Bruce is going to, back this up and be on board with this. Um, and you know, that idea had at least been told to her by Bruce and I'm guessing she maybe then, you know, was paying more attention after Bruce tells complains about everyone talking to Caleb and she's got an eye on him and just is, if anything, it is the, in a vacuum, you would think coming into this, there's a bunch of Reba people, there's a bunch of Bello people and there's two Lulu people. And so the safest thing in this situation would maybe be to like throw out one of the Lulu members because they're both available to vote for. So maybe she's leaning like, I know I got one person who thinks this everyone is hopefully probably going to be pretty easily convinced he's a threat and he's not in the tribe and, you know, we're sitting here, some Bello, some Reba, no Lulu. So, yeah. you know, I, I would see why she maybe feels kind of safe 
in throwing it out there. I would almost think that she would say Emily, though, because Emily just damn sure should because Emily's going to win. Emily, like, quote unquote, flipped on her, which doesn't make sense because you can't flip on somebody that you're not actively working with. Yeah. But she said that Emily flipped. That was Emily not chosen. Yeah. Right. Exactly. It's and different than flipping. Fair. You were not yeah. chosen. You were she was given were... an opportunity to pick you or the other side, and she chose the other side, but that is different than flipping, insinuates that you were working and having an and, and uh it, although you know Emily obviously you know wide as far as living life with you too. <laughs> so maybe it's fair for her to say Emily flipped on me, but uh from the outside we can be like it's not not quite let's get our let's be really i'm a literal person i love being very literal about stuff she didn't technically flip she just chose not you now with that though that means that she went with austin and drew so conceivably she went with reba which gives reba seven Seven. members yeah right so if reba has seven and bello has been working with caleb one way or the other like he, they've been working with Caleb in some capacity. Does it not make sense to keep Caleb as a number long enough to, at the very minimum, knock Reba off balance so that they are no longer in the majority with Emily? So you take out Emily. And I'm saying this as somebody who loves Emily and wants Emily to go really far in the game. And this is just my hypothetical. No, she's the, and, she's the biggest threat. She's the number yeah. one threat in the game right now. So that's why yeah. they should be targeting her. Precisely. But like that means that you haven't even seen. Yeah, Caleb's great at like shooting balls into a basket and throwing rings onto a thing and he's fast. You don't know how he is at individual immunity challenges. So you keep Caleb. Then you've got six because you lost Brando. You're replacing Brando with Caleb for this. And you've got seven against six you might be able to swing somebody because there's already been talk of Jay. So if you can get Jay over, then you flip the balance. And then that way you're able to really take a shot at Reba, knock out their numbers next week or like in two days, you see how Caleb does at individual immunity. If he wins, I doubt he's going to go on an individual immunity run. That's going to take him right to final four from 12, but the first time that he loses, you take him out. Fine. You just need him for that one extra vote to make sure that your numbers are more than Reba, because what it seems to be is really a bellow Reba standoff of sorts. So to me, it makes the most sense to go after Emily, take out their extra person, and take them down to your numbers, get one more gone maybe two more gone and then you can take out Caleb if that's really what you want to do. Yeah. Uh, well, they, they've definitely got the two options in mind coming out yep. of sanctuary, which then they go back to the beach and they learn those are also the two options that everyone on the beach is talking about. So hooray, everyone's on the same page. Uh, we get the, you know, we still get the 13 person scramble. It's just, that it's a lot easier to narrow six down to two and the scramble is kind of just about two people versus if this would have been 13 people vulnerable, I'm sure there would have been a couple more names than just the two being thrown out. Um, In this situation, I feel like we had Bruce, Kendra, and D, eventually D, all like hard against Caleb, like team vote out Caleb. And then we had 
Kelly, Sifu, Caleb, and Emily that were firmly on. Kelly, Sifu, and Caleb were firmly on Jay. Emily was on Jay, but wasn't saying it as firmly to everyone because she's very adequately playing the middle right now. And it becomes kind of a a stalemate from what we see of, you know, there does seem to be two or three people really adamant about one of each of those people. And then everyone else kind of in the middle being like, there's good arguments for both from my point of view. And I'm kind of fine with both. I'm kind of looking for one of you people that really cares to like convince everyone so that I don't have to be one of the people that really cares. I do. I feel like we get a lot of that from like Julie Austin and drew in particular, as much as drew who I just, I freaking love that guy. He's just, <laughs> I get so I smile every time we get a confessional from him. I'm just like, this is the best. Uh, he says in this episode, you know, he loves being the leader, of course, because yeah. Drew's got to be in charge. Um, he should be in charge. So let's be clear. Uh, <laughs> he's the tallest, but he's the tallest. So he should be in charge. Uh, sure. uh, that's, that's a good way to decide it. Of course he, uh, but he and a bunch of the folks are seem to be, I hear one idea. Yeah, that that's fine. That's good by me. Checks out. It doesn't hurt me. It can helps me, whatever. I hear the other idea. I feel the same. I'm going to wait until the couple of you that care the most figure this out because it seems like no matter what, it's a benefit, not a, a you know, not a boon to my game. And I don't want to be making too big of a decision at this stage, which I think is the smart place to be. I think all those folks that are like reading the situation and just kind of sitting back and waiting for someone to confidently say, this is what the group's doing are doing the right thing in this situation. I think Bruce is doing the wrong thing of how As do I. I know it eventually goes his way at the votes and everything, but like, he's, I feel like being too strong to start the, you know, the first vote uh, with all of you on the same beach. I think the ones that want Jay aren't being as strong. Caleb eventually is, but like Sifu and Kelly are being more reasonable or more kind of hearing out the other side, um, which is maybe what leads to the end. But of all the scrambling, because it's kind of just a bunch of time to get to the same conclusion we we've known for, you know, 20 minutes of the show uh, heading into tribal of like, it's one of these two. The one that really stood out to me was Jake yet again, not uh, handling a conversation in a way that I don't think many people are willing to, or ever do on this show of him and D have a conversation. And she's like, what are you thinking? And he straight up says, it's not because I'm working against you or not willing to work with you, but I'm not convinced yet that I should tell you a name or, and I don't want to say one, so I'm not going to. And it, thankfully for him, it works. Cause D's like, Oh, that's fine. I'll tell you a name then. How about that? Um, but this is the second or third time. Now we've seen Jake do a, you know, what I've continually said, I'm praising him for it. And I, I would like to think I would do something similar of like, just because you're talking with someone one-on-one, you don't have to exclusively lie, lie to everyone and say, yep, we're the worker. You're Tony. I'm talking to you right now. So Tony, you're my number one. And whatever you say, I'm going to do because that just turns into 80% of what is being said on the beach is just boldface lies. And he's the only person that's kind of like, I'm going to tell you, I'm I'm going to tell you, and you can believe me, hopefully over my track record, I'm building up that I mean it when I say like, it's not because your name is floating out. It's not because I don't want to work with you. It's just the first conversation we've had. So I'm going to tell you that I'm in, I, we're, things are good, but I'm not, I'm not showing you all my cards. I'm not telling you all my info yet. Maybe we'll get there. 
I really love it. And I'm starting to look at uh, Emily's the biggest threat in my mind in this game. She's who I would pick to win right now. If I had to out of, of who I think is going to, but Jake is, we'll get to power rankings at the end of the podcast, but he's moving up. And I liked yep. this move. What did you think about that interaction or maybe even D's response to it and being like, Oh, don't worry, honey. I got a name. How about this? I liked both. Um, I think both were really strong moves for the individuals. Um, D knew that this was her moment to have that conversation to be like, look, this is what we need to do. Possibly because she could have seen Jake talking to Jay because we've seen interactions with them about how like they both said, like, I want to see you here tomorrow. Like, I want you to still be in this game. And that was her opportunity to be like, Jay's the one that we want gone. Don't know about you. That's way that's the way the pendulum's swinging. And I liked that Jake was more reserved because he doesn't know where D stands in regards to Reba as a whole or like the individuals. He doesn't even know where she necessarily stands in the six people that aren't immune right now. So I really liked that for both of them. I like that Austin's big thing that he's focusing on is that Jay didn't let him get a sandwich. Um, I'm with him. I'm so he mentioned it like seven times and I was like, I get it. Like, you haven't eaten, and then on top of that, you're just like, look, I wanted the sandwich. I I didn't want the advantage. I didn't want anything. I wanted that sandwich. And like you said earlier, if you can come up with one reason to say somebody's name, that's all you need. And, and that's, that's what decent, he had. That's an actual, that's yep. a real straw that should exist that is right there <laughs> for you to grab because you know, she doesn't know in that moment. But as we talked about last week, it's not just that he wants the sandwich and they don't. It's that he had already previously been like, you don't realize that you were on the outs with our group. You just, you don't know yet. Cause we're not going to yeah. tell you, but you were not in the Alliance with Reba. We don't care about you. And uh, so it's kind of the perfect storm working against her that he, she's made an enemy without realizing that she has made an enemy, but I'm with him. I'm just like, dude, oh, yeah. I want, I want that sandwich. I think the amulet's bullshit. And the only way the amulet's not bullshit is if I vote your asses out immediately. And, uh, and that's so, yeah. the thing. So like Reba, people were asking online, like why, um, why were Reba so quick to throw out Jay's name? So there's a couple of reasons that I came up with watching it the second time that I didn't necessarily like, it didn't all click into place because first off, you want to basically if you're going to say a name it makes the most sense to say a name of somebody on your own tribe because you're going to have less resistance from the other people because you're not taking away from their numbers it improves austin's amulet so it takes it up a notch so it's just him and kelly left so then now they're at like a steal a vote but more importantly if that four can really push a name that they're confident that everyone else is saying, that means that Austin doesn't need his vote at that tribal, which allows him to save his vote, make his idol a final five idol. So that way, like perceive, like conceivably any one of the four could use it if they need it, or they would play it for one another if the, the need arose. So I think that was more so what it was more so than necessarily even the amulet or the sandwich it was a matter of like if we can get everybody on this beach to pick one person and we know that everyone is going to vote that person then austin doesn't have to vote and then his idol goes from only being good tonight to being good until final five 
and that's yeah. huge. Yeah, they base they gained one and a half advantages out of it. They gained an idol more or less, and they gained a uh, steal a vote that actually it's still difficult to get Kelly to do it with you. They still have to do it in tandem. I believe they don't each yeah. individually get a steal a vote, but it's much more realistic than three people agreeing on whatever they got, like uh, uh, an extra vote, an maybe extra vote. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's pretty, it's conceivable that you could convince one person to do a steal a vote as a big blind side or whatever. And that, that would be advantageous yeah. for them, the whole thing. So that makes sense. I will to argue slightly the other side, those were good arguments and you win the argument. Certainly. <laughs> um, I totally understood pre-merge why Jay was the big, big target on her mm -hmm. side of just like, Hey, you know, we've got this four, and while we're still one tribe, we kind of lean towards like Sifu as the, Strength you know, we, we don't have other without him. We don't have the strong, the really big, strong muscular person is kind of missing from our group that otherwise, if it gets into like lift this cage in the ocean again, we're not going to be able to do that. The rest of us, we need him for those things. Um, and so while it was one tribe, I got it. The moment they switched then to the full tribe, I, I at least, I felt like there was an argument to be had of like, Jay never knew that she wasn't a part of your thing. Right. So there's no like repair work that needs done. There is now just opportunity to be like, Hey, that thing you thought the whole time. Yeah, it's true. You're totally a thing. Us. Like you're, you're Reba strong, baby. Let's go. Uh, you still want to get Sifu out? No problem or anything. So I thought just the timing of it, like it, I felt like she should have is one of the people that should have gotten a little bit of a new life in the game totally. because yeah. of the merge. But then yeah, the, the power that is brought to, because those four are so clearly, and they are the, you know, we kind of skipped over, but when they all get back on the beach, they're the most obvious of the ones, but they do make it very clear and obvious of like those four very excited to be back together. They are still in lockstep. They've been working together, even though they've been on different beaches for six days, they've still been thinking things of like, we're working together with those. And so, yeah, the chance to get to one, have an easy vote to, you know, and get build some rapport with the enemies essentially, and get one and a half advantages out of it. It makes sense. But we still eventually head to tribal council and it's totally, totally, it seems totally up in the air between Caleb and Jay Maya. And so let's go ahead and uh, transition to talking about this uh, pretty memorable <laughs> tribal council. I think we should just fast forward to there's, you know, Jeff's regular questions. And I, I had never known until a few weeks ago when we discussed and uh, talked about from the on fire podcast, how, they talked about and i'm sure it's other super fans of survivor knew this before but like i didn't know until this season that you know they talk to each person cast member as they're going into tribal and ask them who they're going to vote for yeah. and that that definitely then shades jeff's questions in a in a big way um and it makes me think they you know they obviously know that because he lived they literally have one-on-one -on -one conversations with them so it would make, right. i realized it's, this was the first episode where i really realized like oh if Jeff's asking me questions, I'm so nervous at tribal council. And if Jeff's not asking me questions, I'm not nervous at all because he's he's asking the people questions that he knows are on the chopping block, whether we're willing to admit it as a group or not. This group, willing to admit it. They eventually, it takes a few questions, but they get there. They get it narrowed down to, you know, Caleb. Caleb seems like the uh, the target. And Caleb 
gives the first slow, small version of the little impassioned, well, I am the biggest threat here, but also I'm not a strategic threat, which those things, it doesn't completely line Technically, up. Technically, by know. saying you're not, a, you're the biggest threat proves that you're not a strategic threat because yeah, you you're, Yeah, his speech does prove he's not the biggest strategic threat. <laughs> that is for certain. Um, he says it once. Jemiah pushes back on it. Uh, D actually pushes back on him a little and like kind of throws in some questions. And then we get, I think it was the second time, wasn't it? That D yeah, kind of chimed in. She does it. Yeah. The second time, I guess she does it. But yeah, the second time being Caleb is like, uh, excuse me, Jeff, I would actually like to reiterate what I previously said and expound upon those thoughts. I am clearly the best, biggest threat here, but I'm not very smart. And I'm saying that out loud because I'm not strategic and you shouldn't vote me out. And then is it, is it Jay or is it someone else that says like, well, then who should we vote out? Who asks? Um, I think, yeah, I think it was before he goes into the Jay Maya part. I think it was, I think it was Jay. Cause I think she, yeah, he I think then Jay said, around like, and asks, like, what? yeah, he's like, well, I think that everybody should vote for Jay. Yeah. Um, Which I've been dying for someone to do his path to get to the point of where just flat out saying like, doesn't, shouldn't, we could all just say it openly. Let's all vote for this person. Yeah. Um, so I was happy that someone finally did that. But yeah, he's just like, everyone should vote for Jay. And he gives some like reasons or whatever. <laughs> and it becomes very contentious and awkward. And I, he throws I some did like in. his reason though. Like I liked, I liked what he said. It made sense because it wasn't necessarily that he was making something up. He, he sort of like pushed the Reba three, like the three women as being the strongest contingent. In, yeah, as being a very strong three-person alliance. So their threat level is high. And the thing is, that doesn't have to be true because not everybody has had the opportunity to have those conversations. So it only has to be perception because in the world of why blank lost and these lovely rules of Survivor here by David Bloomberg, perception is reality in the game, right? So if you're saying you're a very strong three-person alliance and by sacrificing one of your members that takes you down to two people which lowers your threat level because if we go into a game of with 12 people and you're three votes that are unanimous that's something we have to be worried about and he says it so matter-of-factly that it's almost like he was told by production he was like just so you know this is the alliance you have to worry about these three women who are not actually an alliance and they're not even like they're not actively working together except for like Julian D. Um, but the way that he says it just sort of like the confidence that he has almost gives it life. And then when D kind of fires back about how like, well, you did say my name, so I'm going to push back a bit. And he's like, well, in fairness, you said my name first. So that sort of diffused the situation. She's like, yeah, fair point. Yes, but I don't know. I would love to know because obviously we'll talk about it here in a second that everyone votes for Caleb, but he plays a shot in the dark and safe. Um, And so D and Julie vote for Caleb, but they were D was, you know, one of the ones most firmly on at first was firmly on Jay and eventually came around to being kind of firmly on let's get Caleb out. But then Julie was a little torn over too or whatever. So I, I wonder 
if they had decided if none of this mattered and they were already fully like we're voting for Caleb no matter what, or if this played any part in swaying either of them of like, wait a minute, dude, we we were maybe on the side of the other person you're kind of up against here. And now you've thrown us under the bus with them and set our names at tribal council and called us big threats. And so like now if there was any room, wiggle room, like you lost it. And I don't know that that's the best strategy from him. But it ultimately doesn't matter, at least for this tribal council, because he plays this a one. shot in the dark and he freaking gets it. One out of six odds. <laughs> he gets it. Is this the first shot in the dark that's worked? Second. Uh, Jamie used it last season in a situation where she doesn't didn't necessarily need it, but she didn't want to vote for somebody that yes. she was working with. But it so didn't instead, save she used her. Shot in the dark. No, she got no, she yeah. she got safe, but it negated yeah. zero votes because she wasn't the target. Second time that anyone's ever pulled safe. First time that they've pulled safe and needed the yeah. safety. Yes, and not just needed the safety, but unanimous vote. Unanimous Completely vote. unanimous. And um, well, first, can you believe that it actually worked? Uh, no, I never thought it was going to. I didn't think we'd honestly. ever actually see it happen in this dramatic of a fashion. Maybe if it ever happened, it would be in like a tight vote or something, but yeah. never in but, a like true unanimous fashion. That's why. I, yeah, it's so rare that you actually get a true unanimous vote. And like, especially on the first vote. On the revote, it makes sense because like everybody pivots to the second person. Yeah. But in like in a in a first vote, unanimous because that person is playing that well, usually it's this person has done something so egregious that we just want them off of our tribe. We do not want any part of them being involved with us anymore. We don't want them back at our beach. We don't want them in this game. We are voting this person out unanimously as a decision to show that we do not stand for whatever they did. Yeah. But then to have somebody be that good and be perceived to be that good that every single other person that had the option to vote voted for them to be out. And then none of it mattered. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. And we get the drama of like, even unanimous votes on smaller tribes and stuff. You know, Jeff doesn't have to read all the votes in those situations. We know it's unanimous after the fact, because we can, you know, watch the votes in the end credits. But like the fact that Jeff has to read all of the names all the way to the end. And it's, there's like all this drama of like, wait a minute, is one of these going to be J Maya? And I thought that she was going to throw a vote somewhere because like you have to feel that like, I don't, and I mean, I don't know. She, it could have been like, it could have felt like it was more back and forth, but like, if you think that it might be. But is it, that's in a situation where you're like, feel pretty good that this person is going to get voted out, but they might play their shot in the dark. Right. I think she felt like this is 50, 50 toss up and like, my vote By counts use enough like it's not yeah I'm, I'm my vote matters to get yeah. this to be you know seven to six or whatever and so uh i totally get why she wouldn't have oh, the me one too. the one that i the whole time why i was stunned with every reveal of caleb and no reveal of jay was what i kind of referenced earlier emily voted for caleb she did and that's the thing I am most interested in looking to the next episode, we'll talk a little bit more about that in our wishes and predictions, but like, I was pretty shocked that Emily, I think smartly figured out and read and understood he's going to get voted out here. And the best thing for me to do is to also vote for him and not reveal. Cause she had done such a good job of 
being like, I'm kind of with Austin and Drew now. I'm open still to the Bellow people that are talking to me. Like she had done such a good job of making it, not making it known that her and Caleb were going to be number ones for each other again. And so, you know, if he goes home, she has played this perfectly of uh, using him as well as she could and then getting out of the exact right moment. But I was pretty shocked that she didn't vote for Jay. And um, I felt, I actually honestly felt horrible for Jay Maya because it's way worse. It's so much better if like, Hey dude, the guy pulled a shot in the dark. That's shit luck for you. Yeah. And you know, the what his one ally threw the vote on you. That sucks. It's obviously terrible, hard. You're voted out survivor. You know, it's gonna be the worst day. But that just feels so much more tolerable than it was unanimous. Even yeah. his allies voted for him and it, he pulled the shot in the dark. And now we had to re-vote and no one knows what to do because we're the re-voting. And he had just given this long impassioned speech about why it should be me. And so the very easy thing to do, whether they were already thinking that as the second option or not, but just the easy thing to do in that moment where they have a revote 30 second scramble is like, okay, well like Jay, I guess for now, uh, you know, whatever, like that was the other option we were all talking about. So I feel horrible that that's the way she has to go out. Like that sucks so much. At least she took it well in the like, her final confessional where she basically said she, like, knew she was like a part of history like this yeah is, this it's, is wild and crazy and i don't have to feel bad about this yeah it's like when carson went out and he's like look i went out in fire making to the person who made fire faster than anybody else has ever yeah, made fire right. on the show before like she went out with the person being a unanimous vote and then the shot in the dark actually working yeah. like yes it absolutely sucks and i feel terrible for her because I enjoyed her on the show. Um, side note, I did finally listen to the song that she wrote that was heavily steeped in like Greek mythology. Um, it's super rad. I really like how she integrated everything. Um, Love it. I enjoyed it. And yeah, Survivor fans should go. I saw her uh, tweet about, uh, I think her streams have uh, gotten a real boost from being on nice. the show and uh, everyone should go stream her music that helped. I believe she's an independent, potentially artist. So those streams yeah. actually go a long way to uh, put some money in her pocket. So definitely, definitely go do that. And I will send you the link so that we can include it in the show notes as well. But yeah, it's, yeah. it's called Achilles heel is the name of the song. And it was super cool. Um, especially as a fan of like the Percy Jackson books and everything like that. Nice. Um, it all tied in really well. But yeah, like she tried to get an Emily vote going, which is really the only other option because that's the only thing that's going to gain any momentum whatsoever is the potential that you can flip it on Emily. And I really, when Caleb said the words, finally, for once, this game goes in my direction, I was like, Emily's gone. Like, Yeah, it did seem foreshadowing. Yeah, you can't say something like that while you're still a tribal dude. There's only two Lulus left, and the Lulu curse didn't hit you. There's only one other person it can hit. Yeah, and the other thing about that moment, I only feel bad for Jay Maya in this. This is not actually like me saying anything negative about Caleb, even though I kind of am. Um, It's impossible to control your reaction. You just... Got a shot in the dark just worked on a unanimous vote. Okay, you're gonna be freaking excited. You were gone, obviously, and now you're not. but like it felt so awful when they just like would keep pan over to Jay Maya and everyone's like going wild and crazy and Caleb's and like celebrating like, and she's just like, I just fucking lost. Like one of yeah. us loses because of this, and it's me. And like no one on her tribe, like D sitting right behind her, 
like d could you like give her yeah. a little half hug or something like i don't know i don't know like, I just yeah felt, i just felt horrible brutal. it was like caleb could you tone it down like a tiny bit like yeah you know you're like vote the person out and then as you're leaving tribal you know jump and click your heels and yell and whoop and whatever but like you know again i'm not actually like i'm not upset at him for it it makes total sense, two separate it, things but it just like, made me feel really awful for jay maya who i like yeah <laughs> they're they're two completely separate incidents like i felt absolutely terrible for jay maya because like as soon as that happened she saw all the dominoes falling she knew exactly yeah. what was going to happen but everybody else because they're now casting super fans we're like over the moon like super jazzed that this actually worked and like they didn't even care that yeah. all of their they votes witnessed were it they were a part like, of it yeah yeah like super awesome i totally get it and then on in that one bubble party your ass off because you were 100% the unanimous vote and I have no idea where you go from here but you're still in the game right now yes, but then <laughs> you still have to vote and this person is definitely going no matter what happens the writing's kind of on the wall so I don't fault anybody for having the positive reaction but I still feel bad for jay maya not being able to really participate in that because as much as she's part of history she also knows that her game is ending in that in moment the history yeah 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 tough look we didn't even get to hear any good puns i'm really upset no. uh hopefully uh hopefully they start streaming the world pun championships or whatever it was that she won because I, I still it. i still need to know what that's all about but we'll never know uh at least on this season of survivor because jay maya is gone caleb is still here thankfully emily is still here and now yes. we will hand out some awards let's kick it off as always same award same order quote of the episode you referenced one potential nominee earlier did you have any can you remind us what that one was and any other uh, nominees that you might have had for the line quote of the episode oh what was my what was my quote well what you look it, it up i'll say the one that oh. i assume was on yeah. your list for sure because i don't Go know how it. it wouldn't have been but the name of the episode uh it was actually a really good quote this time. And that was Caleb. You can't run through this game like a vigilante. I'm not Batman. I'm Caleb. I'm the Canadian <laughs> quote, which I don't know why he had to throw the, I'm the Canadian on the end, but he's clearly playing to uh because we're heart nice. in all Canadians hearts of like reminding you he is the Canadian. Yeah, I was for it. That was one of the ones that I wrote down. Um, I, I also appreciated Jake in the very beginning, like right around the time that he had the confessional about, uh, trying to look for his ring where he said, we don't want to tell Katura because we've been, we've been trying to vote her out a little bit. Like, <laughs> like there, there's a, there's stages to how much you were trying to vote somebody out just well, a little bit. They haven't got to vote anyone out yet. So yeah. There's so just that. kind of, just kind of a little bit. We were trying to vote her out. Yeah. And I liked the, <laughs> I liked the quantification of how much they were trying to vote her out. Uh, despite, like you said, never having gone to uh, to tribal to be able to vote her out. The one that I mentioned earlier, which is what's a pepperaya, which is a valid question, as I also do not know what a pepperaya is. Um, I'm interested to find out. <laughs> there were some good quotes this episode. Um, I there like were some Kelly's... others I didn't write down and I knew in the moment I should have. Um, 
but yes, this was this was the best episode for the confessional quotes, I think for sure. Yeah. Uh Kelly's I've never been afraid of big dudes was I liked that. another standout. And I mean, just because it was so good, just and so flat was Katura's Bruce is stupid when they were having the conversation about Caleb versus Jay. Um she's and not she's had her <laughs> opinions about Bruce long enough now that she like all the emotion is out of it. She's just, just Bruce she's no dead. longer. It's not. Yeah. She's like, Bruce is stupid. It doesn't matter. But <laughs> and like, that's, I've, it's I've not been even... over it 17 <laughs> times in the last six yeah. days. So like, he's just stupid. I don't even have, I don't have emotion left about it. He, that's just what he is. These are facts that I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. And it's not even that I dislike Bruce. Bruce is fine. But like, <laughs> I, I appreciate how much Katura is not vibing with Bruce yeah. and how she's just like, look, we don't get along we're not going to get along. Yeah. And, and I'm with like, her. <laughs> yeah. And that's, I know that it's an edit of just like him asking people to do everything, but you have to be able to, you have to say the thing in order for it to be yeah. edited in. Yeah. Um, Austin also gets an honorable mention for me with, she took my sandwich. So I don't mind her going like she can, she can uh, give up her chance at a million dollars. I almost had a sandwich and now I don't. And it's her fault. Yeah, I love that. Those are all yeah. fantastic nominees. That's all I got. Um, I'm gonna. I, I'll. I'll go ahead and give it to Kendra, Paparaya, because I think we've already given this award to Caleb <laughs> a time or two, and we've already used the. I don't. I don't love agreeing with the show and using the quote that they use for the title, even if when they get it right this time, because it was actually a good quote that they pulled part of out. Um, so we'll give it to Kendra favorite moment of the episode um we touched on some you know there's some the big obvious ones uh you know probably the most obvious here we'll still talk about some other nominees but caleb shot in the dark work that was a pretty big moment i would say uh probably gonna yeah, be just remembered from this but to give a couple other small moments some shine real quick that we didn't talk about uh i guess i did mention uh kendra's expressions that they had me going uh, i actually wrote villain watch next to her the first one um uh because i start i'm starting to get vibes of like she's got a, a, a different list. type of villain but like that she could be disliked amongst the tribe if people kind of similar to like what's happened to bruce or similar to like what happened to marianne at one point like or even carolyn even last season if you have a very expressive personality eventually on a beach where you're starving that can wear on people or people, if someone is working against you, it's going to annoy them even extra more. See Katura and Bruce. Um, so maybe there, the other moment though, that we didn't mention at all that I got to say, that was my favorite moment. Sans Caleb's uh, shot in the dark working was when the group was singing the we made the merge song and the little bug was shifting back and forth uh yeah. to the beat quote unquote yes. to the beat and sifu was of course prominently involved in this uh sifu and kendra the the connection that i'm waiting BFF for awesome because bff4l i don't know what's going to be said or sung <laughs> or happen but i just want those two to hang out more um but it wasn't the moment of the bug and them singing it was the juxtaposition of that happening and then drew and austin being off talking and like looking as they like heard from afar, <laughs> yeah, everyone yeah. and drew's confessional of him being like i'm not like i don't like any of this like I'm, I'm trying to like play the game and we're trying to talk and everyone else is like kumbaya or whatever 
I just really liked that moment in that juxtaposition because I'm definitely, I just love Drew so much. I just thought it was so funny that Drew and Austin were like, yeah, we have, we want nothing to do with that. Let's continue to talk game here. Um, Do you have any others that you want to put up for a losing nomination to Caleb shot in the dark? I, I will give props to Jake and his losing his ring and just like how he like it went from zero to like 12 and then while it was at 12 he winked at caleb and then we got the confessional that he winked at caleb so caleb knew what was going on and then he kept doing it while he's putting his ring like while he's got the one ring presumably in his pocket and he's putting the other one back around his neck and then he like winks at bruce and he's given the play-by-play while it's all happening and it's very like heist movie sort of thing (laughs) and as a lover of like all heist movies I had to appreciate that one. So even though it's going to lose to the shot in the dark, I feel that it's worth mentioning. He doesn't stand up at any point. And as mad as he was acting about losing his ring, you've got to act like you lost that and don't know where you lost it. You can't be like, wait a minute. As I was sitting here, I dropped my ring somewhere (laughs) right at my feet. I'm going to dig for it. Like, bro, you're going to find it then. All right. You don't have to get too upset. If you like, I just dropped it in the sand. You're going to find it. We could all calm down. You don't got to be a 12 out of 10. Um, So I needed him to like, be like, you go, can you go look at by the water? Uh, I was also on the beach this morning, but like Bruce, go to this tree, whatever. Like I needed him to, if, if he was going to act the 12 delegating and start being like, this is where it could be. And then, you know, be the one that comes back with it, so to speak. Anyways. Yeah, Caleb's uh, shot in the dark is the best moment because uh, it's obviously a historic moment in the show and a pretty incredible, crazy, wild end to this episode. Best gameplay of the episode, Tony. Who are you giving that award to? I am going to say that Caleb for calling out the Reba three, even though they're not necessarily a really tight three, just the perception that they are um, was good. Austin letting his vote ride to become a full idol, being confident enough in what was going on and the read at tribal to do that. I'm going to give it like, I'm going to properly give it to Austin for that moment. Um, But I just want to say like, as far as Caleb goes, Caleb is bringing so much to this season. And I would like to point out that he, to the best of my knowledge is one of the ones that Adam Klein did the coaching with. Um, so Adam Klein's coaching is very much like getting yourself out of the way. So you feel comfortable on camera. So you can really like do well in your interviews and stuff like that. Um, on, on fire, Jeff decided to go really far out of his way to be an absolute asshat again and say like, we should give whoever coached Caleb, uh, like whatever, like create a wine or whatever the hell it was. And he's like, and if anyone's thinking that I'm sincere, I'm not. And I was like, cool, you just came off as a huge asshole for no reason. Yeah. And give the yeah, man a he's job. Like a, yeah. He's like a total fucking dickhead about it. And like, I am a huge Survivor fan. And like, normally I don't really care what Jeff Probst does, but he's being a real asshole about this for no reason. And like, I have no problem with Hannah or Sean your casting process hired cast two people who did subsequently quit um whether they were voted out by their tribe or not and then quit. that's what's the, the record flip, book. the flip side of that is caleb's doing really well 
I'm like, I like that. And props to Caleb for being able to be himself because it's not like, it's not like Adam taught him how to be Caleb. Yeah. Adam, like Caleb is Caleb and like Caleb is very clearly Caleb. Mm -hmm. He's a salesman and he's super happy all the time. Like high energy, even when he's low energy, he's still like good vibes. That's Caleb. Like, it's not like he was taught to be someone else. He's totally just him. And that's why he was cast. Mm -hmm. But like, don't be a dick about it, man. Like, yeah, it's it's funny how much it irritates him, though. Uh, yeah, that that makes me happy. How much he's irritated by it, and how much he needs to take pot shots to make himself feel better. But like, fuck off. Yeah, like, let, yeah, let leave him alone or give him a job. One of the two. Yeah, um, let him do casting. Yeah. Okay. So you give it to Austin though is your mm-hmm. best gameplay. My winner, hands down, is Emily. I just fair. I'm just blown away Absolutely how well fair. she handles this. It's unbelievable. Yeah that no one at this point knows that Caleb is their number one person. And she was as talked to as anyone on that beach. And she did make sure Caleb still like knows and solidifies like you are still my number one, but no one has any idea. And the fact that she read the situation so perfectly and had the wherewithal to vote for Caleb again, we'll see how that plays out when they get back on the beach and discuss it. I think it's a non-issue. If Kate, yeah, hopefully if Caleb is smart, he is like, that's unbelievable. Thank goodness you did that. Like that's going to help us in a big way. Hopefully he is able to see that situation. I think he definitely will. Um, But that's far and away stands out to me. Like (laughs) she's going to (laughs) win. She's Austin gave her the reason to go. Austin told her to like, go and talk to him and let him know that he's chill. So he doesn't play shot in the dark. Obviously that didn't work. He played shot in the dark, but yeah, like you can't, if you're at that tribal and you're Caleb, you're playing your shot in the dark regardless. But like the fact that Austin was like, can you just go and, and make sure that he's cool and that he's he knows that he's safe. So that gave her the opportunity yeah. to have that conversation and be like, look, basically, again, this isn't Emily trying to save her ass. This is Emily saving your ass. Yeah. Perfectly maneuvered in every single way. Unbelievable. Oh, yeah. Um, worst gameplay of the episode. Does anyone stand out with bad gameplay to you? I've got to run back through my notes here. I didn't immediately have anyone or any situation that came to mind i'm gonna give it to bruce um, yeah that's true never mind that does yeah <laughs> i'm gonna give it to I think bruce he did for... a pretty horrible job honestly all things considered here's here's the thing man like bruce put caleb's name out there hard enough that it not only came back to caleb that his name was going around but it came back to caleb from at least two different people in emily and kelly that Bruce is the one saying your name. So Bruce did that while Caleb has the information. The only piece of information that Bruce has is leverage, which is that he has an idol. So Caleb does the only thing that he can do. He's like, look, here's the deal. Bruce has an idol. I'm not working with them. I'm working with you. Yeah, which... Well, I'm sure he'll still stick to, too, but like... Yeah. The the Reba 4 is in just fantastic the reba four and emily uh are in fantastic position right yeah. now they're like tika uh, from last season yeah uh but yeah worst gameplay to bruce for sure episode mvp mr tony can we get back in simpatico here or not it's a dual mvp i refuse to give one an honorable mention versus an mvp in the other and that's caleb and emily Ooh. okay 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 mm, i will split the vote for you and say that it has to be Caleb. I think it has to be Caleb. 
I mean, it's not just because he did the historic thing, because uh, you know he just drew the thing for that. But like, he's definitely the most present in the episode. I don't know confessional counts from the episodes. I don't keep track of them for Survivor, but I would imagine no. he was as high or higher than everyone in this particular episode. He was definitely the most mentioned person between the rest of the cast and uh, was pretty entertaining most of the way through. I'll give shout outs to Jake. Definitely uh, yes. brought, brought good entertainment while not being a part of the main storyline, which is always a, a thing that gets you on the kind of long list of MVP candidates for an episode. Um, Kendra certainly Sifu even a little bit throwing, throwing some stuff out there. Um, but yeah, I mean, at the end, it comes down to Caleb and Emily as it continues to seem to do every single episode. And, uh, I will break your tie. I'll allow you to give out a co MVP, but I will, <laughs> I will solidify it that Caleb, uh, is, is coming down as the MVP on my side. And now all that we have alluded to them multiple times and I've probably given mine away. Well, let's go ahead and close things out with the power rankings and predictions. Power ranking front. Uh, I always make you go first on this, so I will go first this time around. And mine definitely changed because I don't think I could put Caleb in the top five anymore. Because like I just, I just don't know how you can have have a unanimous nine person vote for you and then come back from that at any point. Like you can win some immunities. You can like avoid being the next person voted out or anything. Like you can come back temporarily, but I just don't. I don't know how I see any way where Caleb, if he, if he, if this happened, if Caleb were to win this season or even just make the final three after having a nine person unanimous vote against him, that is, you know, all time legendary stuff. I think Emily is number one. Cause she's going to win. Um, I have Kelly number two. I have D number three, although D I will say this episode was coming on strong for sure. Uh, in a couple of spots where it was like, this isn't hurting you, but I don't know that hundred percent need you need to be coming on so strong quite yet. And so um, we'll see, but I feel really good about those three, Emily, Kelly, and D. And then after that, I'm, Jake is probably fourth for me. He moves up another spot after breaking into the top five last week. And I don't even know who I want to give the fifth spot to. I don't know. I feel, I just feel really good about those four people in their position in the game. I guess the fifth spot is a combo drew Austin. Cause they're, they're a unit, they're a tandem. Um, and maybe Julie as well, just the rest of the re before, but I feel really good about my top four, Emily, Kelly D and Jake. And then, yeah, I'll, cause I like drew so much. I'll let, I, there's no ties here. Drew is in fifth for me. What do you got on your side? We almost, we almost did it. Oh, we almost did it. Like yeah. same people or same order or both both oh like, wow almost, okay what was the like, difference where did we divide you just lost it when you switched from austin to drew oh wow well that's again they're the same <laughs> they're one yeah. of the same they're they're half of the same coin you know however whatever phrase yin and yang all that stuff so we basically so, have the same wow okay we do yeah so i have emily kelly d jake austin i've got caleb as my sixth I've done everything that I could do to lower his threat level by taking him down off of my power ranking. Yeah, we're helping because Caleb. it's we're all I can. It's all I can do at this point. Um, now, I think it was Stephen Fishback who said it on on Twitter that when you have a move like this and you come back, it's not necessarily that you're like immediately 
public enemy number one. Because it's because so obvious that you would, that you maybe have a cycle or whatever. There's also some like a sort of a glimmer to what you're able to accomplish. Yeah. And you kind of get lost in that shuffle of like, holy shit, that just happened. And probably a confidence of from everyone else of like, well, we, we know when whenever. we decide to vote Caleb, everyone's on board and that it'll yeah. be fine now. Like we could keep him around a little bit because clearly we all are on the same page that we will vote him out when we decide that it's time. But because we know that maybe we should move it down the line to get some other people out that we aren't sure yet if we can yeah. 100% do. Yeah, that could happen. But I just, yeah, him, him getting back and winning would be. He did make history. Funny. He made history by negating 11 votes, which is the yeah. most with an idol or an advantage. So obviously wow. he did it with an advantage. Kelly Wentworth did it with an idol. She negated nine votes in a single tribal. Wow. Incredible. Well, yeah, we'll see if he can continue on and make more history. Um, wishes and predictions. Do you have one specific wish for next week's episode? Mine is definitely my wish is what we said before about Caleb, uh, handling Emily voting for him the right way, yeah. the smart way, because it was the smart thing for her to do. And it just is going to work out in their favor if he handles it appropriately. So my wish is because I am definitely rooting for them and like them is that he does, um, that's probably my biggest wish for next episode. And the secondary one is also what I referenced before, but I need a scene of Kendra and Sifu like hanging on the beach, doing something. Maybe he teaches her Tai Chi. She teaches him some astrology, something. I just need those two to have a one-on-one conversation <laughs> and to just see what happens. <laughs> I, I mean, like I'm Lulu strong. So I want, I'm exactly like you. I want Caleb and Emily to come back together. I don't see like really how they can't. That's why they're my like co-MVPs is because as much as Caleb saved himself this episode, Emily really set herself up for the game going forward where there wasn't a stray vote. It was all Caleb, which means that Emily voted with Reba, which means that Reba can trust Emily. Yeah. Um, so that's big for me. I just want... Lulu to stick around. Um, I would like to see. I need somebody else to have an idol, or I need like Kelly and Austin to have a conversation. Who current? Because... So who currently has idols? So Austin has a full blown idol to final five. Yeah. Bruce has a full blown idol to final five. Austin and Kelly have the amulets that could be idols if one of them is voted out. Yep. And um, is there any others out there right now? I don't think there is, right? I don't think so, because the goodwill advantage got used yeah. to restore the vote that got lost. And Bello, um, did anyone from Bello ever have the Beware Idol to begin with? I don't with? believe so. I don't think they no. did. We saw two Beware Idols and now a third one. Um, Sabaya's left. And so, yeah. yeah, that's where we stand. That that tells me that's that's not enough for Modern Survivor. Some, there's going to be more. a journey next episode. There's, there's, be there's also... The, the next time on, it's a double elimination, which means they're going to split into smaller groups and go to two separate tribals, which I also I hate. hate. That. Yeah, um, I hate it as much as they're in the merge. Like I, 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 uh, you're um, you've merged. You've put everybody on the same beach. If yeah, you're going do to do this, keep everybody in separate tribes and do it that way. But if you're going to merge, stay merged. I hate the double elimination because you always lose at least one person that you really like. I'm cool with eliminating two people, but like do yep. it as one tribe. Have yep. one third, 12 person tribe. 
have two people. I was the other thing I agreed with you before. I'm totally down when there's this many people to have two winners of an individual immunity. Like yeah, that's chill. Absolutely. That's, that actually seems maybe a little bit better. I kind of would like there to be a little bit more of a chance to earn safety than just one out of 12 people, but like do all 12 people, two people can win immunity, but then the other 10 are all up for grabs and the and entire tribe is voting. I don't know if, if they were to do that, do you want everyone to cast two votes when they go up? Do you want them to do a vote, send someone home, and then everyone immediately vote again? How do you I want to structure that? Because that's probably the question they have of like, yeah, we vote two, we can't vote two people out in one big group because which, what's the method to doing it? Is it everyone votes twice and who the two biggest vote getters? That's interesting. It's chaotic, but um, yeah, I mean, you could vote. You wouldn't want to vote twice because the whole concept is you have one vote. That's your vote. Blah blah blah. Yeah, and like if you get an extra vote, that's a big thing. So. I would almost say I would I would almost say that you have to vote to vote someone out and then sit down and vote again essentially yeah. like that person's then, gone now and so now everyone vote again yeah but then that's weird too yeah I don't know maybe we're talking ourselves into maybe this is the conversation they have and why they're like if we need or want to eliminate two people we got to do it via two then don't do groups. it but yeah then don't do it like uh, if you're if you've had this conversation that we've just had and you've reached the same conclusion that we've just realized where there's not really an easy way to do vote two people out at the same tribal then don't do it like do it this way you have maybe you have two immunity challenges back to back maybe you have like an immunity challenge one person wins you go to tribal but you like you get very limited scramble time and then when you get back to the beach you think it's all well and good but then you go right into another immunity challenge like do it that way. That's yeah. probably your easiest way to do it. And you can still have two people immune. Like, that's fine. I don't care. I don't feel that the number of people immune should be equal to the number of people that have to leave. Like, when you've got this many people, have two winners. Yeah. Fine. That's, that's easy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So just, well, yeah, I'm with you though. Just if you're going to be one tribe, be one tribe, merge, actually do it. It's, it's interesting to see the dynamic because it happens so rarely, if ever at this point of, you know, we're always basically stuck with like three to six people are vulnerable and it's, it's way more interesting when there's, if there would have been 13 or 12 people vulnerable this episode, if there would be 11 people vulnerable next episode, um, which there will be, but in, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. It would just be better. Well, my prediction is uh, that uh, we won't be happy with the format decisions next week because we already know them. Um, and so uh, score one we'll for me. That's an accurate prediction. Good for me. Uh, I'm really bad at predictions right now over in the challenge universe. So I'll take a win anywhere. <laughs> I can get it. That is all for Survivor 45 episode number six. Tony and I will be back next week. Odds are it will be on Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, or Monday. And, you know, from, but maybe we can keep the Friday streak going. Who knows? But we will be back at some point. Um, definitely make sure to go follow Challenge Fandom. Follow, subscribe here to this pod. Hit either of us up on Instagram. Uh, is that the best place if someone wants to chat Survivor with you, Tony? Is yeah. your Instagram? Yeah, definitely. Biodomer. It's in the show notes below. Same as mine at Challenge Historian. And uh, yeah, we'll be back next week for hopefully a continued wonderful season of Survivor. <laughs>